0: Welcome to episode 15 of All Car Radio and we are coming in your ears live from Rainy Mobily today and it's a very special episode. We're going to try and uh, change things up a bit today. So we've got our normal um, feature which is based on a recent blog post that we'll have posted at the same time as this episode goes live on Behind the Curtain. Um, We've also got a new section uh, at the end just before uh, Chris's... uh, hot deals section where we are going to read and answer some uh, questions that we've been sent by email and this is going to be a regular feature moving forward and we'd also like to start with some news that we have been shortlisted as finalists at the Leasing Broker Federation 2019 Award for Marketing Innovation um, which the award ceremony is
1: Next Thursday, I think, isn't
0: it? Next Thursday. Um, crossed. If we win, we will mention it again. If we don't, you won't hear about it. Um, but we just wanted to let everyone know we're very pleased to be finalists and to be recognised um, for the efforts that we've done uh, over the last, I don't know, year and a half, two years to do with for work to do with some of our blog posts uh, where we've been featured in national press. Um, of course, uh, uh, the Industry First podcast, which you are obviously listening to, ...and a few other things. So with us today is obviously myself, the usual host Ronnie, and we've got Chris. Now back once again. And we've got our silent executive producer Ross, who is also here, as he is, on every podcast... ...but he prefers to not speak and just listen, which is fine. So let's jump into the main feature, which is behind the curtain. Um, so this is more of a look into what you know happens behind the scenes... Um, in a brokership like like ours to try and, uh, I suppose, for, for people who wonder exactly how deals work and all the rest of it. So um, I practice what I, what I preach and I lease my own vehicles. Um, I've also worked in the leasing industry for over three years, so I'd like to think that I know a great deal about the subject uh, behind the scenes. Um, but while I was doing some brainstorming and thinking about what to write next following my uh, previous road tax uh, article which I also did uh, the podcast for, it got me thinking about how little I actually write about leasing at all, um, and even in the industry. So the main reason I don't write about car leasing often on our blog section, and it's not just just me. You don't either, Chris. No, not really. Um, or, or, or neither does, does Ross for that matter. Um, it's because uh, the whole website pretty much is already about leasing. So um, we've got over I don't know ten thousand pages on the website um and maybe over 9000 of those <clears throat> are about leasing so we wanted to you know offer a bit of a safe haven away from leasing so that someone who's already a customer who isn't you know necessarily shopping at the moment to be able to see what what we actually like as uh, as a company behind the scenes what kind of interests do we have and to obviously put a bit of a persona um, to the people, to, to the people that manage it.
1: Yeah, because I think as soon as people think car dealership, or brokership or whatever, they think oh, very corporate. It's mm. quite an intimidating figure. Whereas,
0: not really like that at all. No, um, <clears throat> I don't want people to get uh, to get sick of leasing. I want people to actually enjoy the website. Plus, we feel that the blog section in the industry could be a lot better than just you know lease this, lease that, check out this deal, and all deals the rest of, the of it. Week. Yeah, deals of the week and stuff like that. Um, in my eyes, you know, people go to the blog section not to read about leasing because everything else outside of is is already about leasing, so, so what's the point? Um, moreover, though, our articles which have the most engagement are never about leasing, and actually it's far from it. So, uh, in fact, last week, which was the week commencing the 9th of September, this was at the time I wrote this, uh, out of the top 10 most visited, visited articles, only two of them were about leasing, which is returning uh, returning a damaged car and the cheapest automatic lease deals. I wrote the returning a damaged car one. I didn't write the automatic lease one.
1: I think I wrote that one quite some time ago.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this time around, though, I wanted to write an article about car leasing for a change, but I didn't want to join the gaggle of dry leasing out there on the web that essentially all say have the same message. You know, lease this great car with us, and it's cheap, and we're great. Um, because that, that's, that's just been done, done to death. So it got me thinking it got me thinking about just how fast paced the industry is internally and how the rapid inclusion and exclusion of uh, of deals can affect the experience of a leasing customer without them e- even knowing about it and i thought you know would people be interested in that type of thing obviously we don't know the answer because no one's ever tried it mm. but here we are today you know with the usual mantra of trying to do things differently mm. that's what we're trying to be with, with all leasing um you know, we we all offer, and I'm talking about leasing brokers in general, we all offer the same thing. So what, what can people do uh, to to stand out from the crowd, to, to be different? <laughs>
1: Start fucking the dead arse, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it, 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 it's quite hard, to, to be honest with you, and a little bit risky. And I think a lot of the more corporate ones, it's the risk factor that they uh, just don't do it at all. Um, so what is it that no one's ever covered? What hasn't been written about to death? So it got me thinking uh, and it got me wanting to write an article about the fluidity of the industry and to give some uh, insight on what happens behind the curtain, as the saying goes. Perhaps help customers understand a little bit more about how we work and why the website can change our drop of a hat and to honour our pledge to be as transparent as possible and a human company rather than just a pricing machine. First section is that deals can land at any time so where better to start than to talk about the actual main product that we offer which is a car leasing deal Um, our website uh, and the personal business and special offers pages in particular, they're the most visited pages, are filled with special offers 365 days of the year and you will never see that page empty Um, however these deals are often added manually Uh, a lot of them by yourself Chris and, and Ross as well and they can be added at any time. <clears throat> and we do mean that literally. Uh, and we appreciate that this can be a pain for shoppers who are looking for a specific car just to be disappointed if there isn't a hot offer for that exact car at that time. Um, so, to give a bit of an insight, here are a few ways a special offer can be sourced. And, Chris, do you want to start with the first one?
1: So, sometimes we'll get some advance notice from dealerships and finance companies which can help us sort of mobilize marketing materials. Um, notify customers, that type of thing. But with a lot of these kinds of deals, there's often plenty of stock and the campaign will last for quite a while. But sometimes there's some sort of the seriously hot offers that can come out of nowhere with like maybe five in stock or a really small amount. Um, and you can get a good deal there, but it's unlikely that it'll last more than a few days. Sometimes they even sell out on the same day, um, which leaves quite a lot of frustration for both us and customers. And disappearing deals is like a term you'll hear. Um, it's quite a big problem with the leasing industry in that brokers will advertise cars and someone will phone up ask about it and then oh it's gone, sorry about that. Um, and there's yeah. not a lot that can be done about it. Um, well, not at this stage anyway, but we don't want to cause that frustration either. Um, but we don't want to come across as pushy sales people or just trying to generate like a lead to cross sell you into another car, mm. you know, like a bait and switch type thing. <clears throat> so I think that would be quite unethical, but Obviously, we would recommend a similar car if you were to inquire on a car of that car anyway.
0: Yeah, this is one of the, uh, the the best examples of why we felt that this blog post would be quite insightful to some people it is like um, if someone um, or one of our customers likes to just um, look on our website, just, just waiting around for a good deal. And if you do visit our website every day and you go to the special offers page and keep refreshing it, you will think, oh, that wasn't there yesterday. Oh, where's that deal I was just about to inquire on? And this would explain why they just they just come and go because without, obviously, an explanation for it, it just looks like, well, did, did they change their mind or, or whatever. So, yeah. So for us in the marketing and pricing team, we often have to drop everything when a seriously hot offer comes in. And, th- and I mean that literally. If we're in the middle of... I don't know, writing a blog post or something like that. We get an email from a dealership or a funder that says, you know, this, we've got a new deal on this. We, we literally pause and save absolutely everything and get that deal on as soon as possible because we're aware that, we, you know, there are people on the website right now that they could be missing it. The sooner we can get on, the sooner that the, the, the person who's looking for that exact car can see it and then obviously uh, inquire on it and, and you know, order it, mm-hmm. which is. Um, the best. So <clears throat> we've mentioned obviously deals is coming out of uh, absolutely nowhere. Um, but the most likely time for us to receive these incredible deals is probably at the beginning of every month, and uh, and especially the beginning of every quarter. Definitely quarters, yeah. Yeah, because the, the car industry works quite heavily with quarters. Mm. I think most any sort of even loosely financial. Uh, services-based work. And it's, cost, some
1: some of the new reds coming out as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So leading right into so we just had the sixty-nine plate. So a really good time for a deal. Uh, well, pretty much right now is usually for nineteen plates that haven't been sold yet. And mm. um, if you can obviously overlook the fact that you know people will think that you've you've got a six-month-old car, but if you can overlook that, you can usually get an incredible deal on a pre-registration car. Uh, but obviously, we still do get absolutely bonkers deals on 69 plates or whatever the new plate is at the time. But it, it, that will give you a bit of an insight that that there are certain times where deals are more often than the others, but they can still happen in the middle of the month, middle of the quarter, um, whatever. So the, the point of this section that me and Chris have just covered is to highlight just how quickly the industry can move. And checking our website every day will almost always be a different experience each time. And if anyone's ever wondered why that is the case, Well, here's that answer. Um, But we wanted to, obviously, not just explain it, but to give a little bit of advice for anyone who's like, well, how does that help me if I really want a good deal? Um, I've got to take my chances. Well, our advice is if you see something that you like and it's in stock, move quickly to avoid disappointment. Is pretty much the only thing I can say. Um, I also hope that understanding how the deal ecosystem works, you can also understand how much time and effort all CaliSense employees throughout put in to get so many competitive deals on and still consistently score highly on review websites such as Trustpilot. You know, it's, it's not an easy task. Um, an additional uh, bit of tiff I've got for everyone listening here is um, if you like our social media channels, usually those channels are one of the first people to find out. So we don't just add deals a lot of the time and, and do it quietly. If we've got a seriously hot deal, we'll e- usually post it on social media very soon after we've just received it when it's at its hottest. So if you follow our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, a deal's just popped on, and that is the car you're after, the best time to probably get in touch to get that deal is now. Um, All right. So uh, this relates to the point we've just made. So deals can go out of stock quickly. And in this section, we're going to cover a little bit was like, what does stock um, even mean? So um, I'm going to start by saying that I haven't actually covered in the blog post at all, but I've just thought about it right now. So we don't physically have a uh, forecourt here. So when we say it's stock, we don't mean it's it's literally in the all-car leasing office. And
1: that leads to a little bit of confusion sometimes because we get customers asking for test drives and things like that. Mm. Obviously, without uh, a forecourt, it's not really something we can offer.
0: No. Um, so the way that the stock cars work for 99% of car leasing deals out there and not just the ones on our website is that they come uh, from a stock that is accessed by several brokers intermediaries such as ourselves. And what I mean by that is that if we were to say there are 10 left, uh, we do literally mean that there is 10 left, but they're not necessarily with us. So there may be 10 left in the country and our competitors, intermediaries, whatever, also have access to those same 10. Um, So if another broker sold one of those cars, then there's nine left. And you can start to to think now, ooh, that could cause some problems then.
1: Yeah. So as I said, the stock cars can go quite fast and sometimes even faster than we realize because of every other broker selling them. Obviously, we don't really get notified unless we ask the dealership for an update. Um, On rare occasions, it can lead to a little bit of disappointment. But uh, to be fair, it works both ways. We'd be, we we could be the one to sell the last of the stock, but it's not our responsibility to let our competitors know that that was the last one. So on the flip side, what we try to do more and more of is get commitment deals, where we'll commit to uh, a certain quantity of cars, which we'll also call a ring fence, um, which is a stock that is just ours alone, so no other broker can um, sell any of those that uh, are that particular batch. It's not always achievable, and it's quite tricky to pull off, but in a world with so many competitors, we'll try everything to offer something unique to our customers and save money along the way. Um, but the benefits of stock cars are usually that they have a lower price and the delivery is available quite quickly, which is why they're so common on our list of inquiries. If you see something you like, it's in stock,
0: it's best not ready to hang around. In our terms and conditions, you can find stuff like um, we reserve the right to do whatever we want to the deals and all the rest of it. And when you read it in you know, face value, it sounds pretty dodgy. So, I think this is a great opportunity to explain why deals can just disappear. Um, so, sometimes a dealership funded deal can just be pulled without notice and without reason. Sometimes it can be pulled instantly with a reason, but uh, the, the point is it could just be removed. So, this means that us gremlins in the marketing team, as we affectionately known uh, throughout the company, need to remove it quickly. And then the account managers may need to give out some bad news for so any inquiries still in the system that relates to that car so, Chris touched on it earlier about a, you know, a stock deal. Once it's gone, it's gone. And sometimes we don't get a notification immediately when they're not gone. Um, but cars going out of stock isn't the only reason a deal may be removed without notice. Sometimes it can just be an error uh, that the deal was even offered in the first place. Um, it can actually... It, sometimes it can be offered too early. So, say, for example, um, um, a fund has got a campaign on, a, on an October deal uh, and they've accidentally sent the email a week early. Something like that can happen. And... Um, and, um, you know, sometimes we may not get an explanation at all. It's just one of those things that happens in the industry. And I don't think it's a callishing industry thing. I think it's just any industry that obviously advertises other people's sort of assets or products or cars or whatever you want to call it. It's no one's fault, but at the end of the day, it's the customer, the listener, who is left disappointed and we don't enjoy it. But it's really not that common, though. However, it is our job to find the next best thing to try and take the sting out of the situation if we can by finding the same deal somewhere else or failing that, a vehicle that is as close to it as possible. Um, one of the indirect consequences of this is that we often get a lot of traffic to pages of old hot deals. And a lot of inquiries asking, you know, do you still have this deal on and uh, and so on. Uh, we don't enjoy telling people that they've missed their chance or sorry, it's gone. But uh, because we're always worried that they may think that the original deal was just a ploy to get them the call and we touched on that exactly. earlier. And
1: that's a big problem for us because not just us as a broker that will take that hit to a, sort of our reputation. Mm. It's every broker that experiences that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes, um, I don't know if this is a Facebook algorithm thing, uh, but sometimes we've had people uh, writing comments on a, on a deal that was actually posted like yeah, like two mash. years ago.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get that a lot. Like Old Evokes or that S3 deal that we had. Uh, yeah. we're, we're quite popular with customers on that. I still get people coming from hot UK deals to our website. Yeah, um, But they saying, oh yeah, uh, they compare the price of a car back then to the price now. People mm. used to be able to get Golf GTIs quite cheap, like sub two hundred quid, and now yeah. the price has gone back up, and they they don't want to pay that difference of price yeah. because oh, I used to pay this much for it. But yeah, I, in an ideal world, it'd still be the same uh, amount,
0: but yeah. And uh, another uh, time it could happen is we're quite popular on uh, like um, forums such as Piston Heads and uh, Bimmer Post and stuff like that, so there may be uh, a thread way back when on um, a deal we had on some kind of a car someone's um, on pistonheads or whatever they've done a search does anyone know of any deals of this they've searched for all posts you know possibly just not looked at the date of the post for the link uh, and then inquired on it but uh, you know that that's completely out of our control and obviously um, some of the offers we've had years ago still can be found or um, can be mentioned elsewhere, uh, UK, uh, Hot, UK deals, Hot UK Deals, for example. Yeah. Um, when one of our deals gets uploaded on their website, it doesn't get deleted once the offer's over, it, it just still exists. And because that website's quite popular and quite authoritative on search engines such as Google, um, sometimes if you uh, search for, I don't know, fire, Lease, uh, our old listing uh, for that deal can come up and, and people will just mm. assume that it's it's still available.
1: Oh, um, to, to mention the S3s again. Uh, returning customers who uh, have just handed their lease back, they revisit that thread and say, oh, anyone got anything like this again?
0: Yeah. And I suppose uh, to, to box off the point of the that deals could be removed without notice, obviously, deals can just be removed without notice, but we just wanted to explain, you know, from, from our point of view, uh, we don't want that to happen. We completely get how disappointed some people may be, and perhaps maybe even angry from time to time. Mm. But maybe if people can, you know, uh, learn a bit of of why um, deals come and go, then I suppose it makes it a little bit easier to take. Um, but again, it brings me back to the to the same point that um, if you are looking for a car, you go on a website. There it is in stock. It's available. Um, don't take too long to to think about it because it is completely out of our hands how quickly that that may go and we don't want you to be disappointed and we don't want you you know the customer to miss out on your dream car at the at the dream dream price which brings me to the question for you chris and our next section in this uh, podcast and the the blog post is um i've written here wanting a specific car may not be the best option for you which sounds like a really strange thing to say but do you want to explain a little bit to to why i would say something like that
1: that's one of the things that's a little bit backwards about the leased industry in that you don't always get the best deal when you shop for something specific or like to the, to the on a more granular level where you want a car with specific options on top of that. Because um, we we don't really get to pick and choose what deals come about. It's simply what's available, what the funders say. Um, but we touched on it previously, how deals can come and go. Um, but say you have your heart set in like a blue Focus ST with a panor- panoramic roof, Uh, but it's not in stock. It could be like a three-month wait time, but if we can find like a red Focus ST with a panoramic roof, or maybe without one, you get it for a lot less and a lot quicker as well, like most of the time. Um, So that level of flexibility would allow you to still get the model you want, but maybe with a bit of a compromise, but you would normally either save on wait time or on price, Mm -hmm. which are two of the Mm -hmm. biggest factors. A lot of the people that want stuff in stock need a car. Like if if their old car's going back, then you have that level of urgency there. Um, but yeah, as, as I said, choosing like, a specific car can really like, set things back a bit.
0: Yeah, but um, obviously the, to counter that point and to offer some, some balance though, if, um, if you know your car is going back in six months' time, um, the best time to get in touch with us is probably three months before that time because then you do have enough time to be able to order the specific car that you do want. So by no means that we're not saying that you can't or or shouldn't get the dream car that you want, um, but it depends on how quickly you want it. Um, it's if you've got a really distinct uh, shopping list for a brand new Range Rover, for example, um, then you are probably going to have to wait. But if if you if you need that car within a month, then the, probably the the best option for you is this other Range Rover that we've got that has. Some options, not exactly the same colour of the options you want, but it it will possibly be delivered to you in that time frame. So this is why, obviously, the title is wanting a specific car may not be the best option for you as opposed to definitely not the best option for you. One of the more human sides um, of of our company is covered in the section now, which is mistakes can happen. Um, So on the other side of the screen, phone or microphone, uh, we're human and humans, you know, can make mistakes. For us, we may make the odd typo here and there. Uh, we may have the price wrong on the first attempt. Or we may mark something as in stock by mistake when it's actually a factory order or even vice versa. That we it is in stock and we forgot to mark it as stock. Um, although, you know, it's not strictly a mistake. Uh, one of the most common problems that we encounter is having stock cars advertised when the, all the stock car has literally just gone that we covered in the section earlier about deals being removed without notice and all, and, and all the rest of it uh, naturally there can be a delay when the final unit has been sold elsewhere and any enquiries done this time can result in disappointment and we absolutely hate that um, so what I wanted to, to say that obviously behind the computer it's not a machine um, it, it, it's like real people mistakes can happen um, obviously because in the marketing team we, we do the pricing if there's been a pricing mistake it, it does um, it may not be us directly making the mistake uh, for example like a third party may have made a mistake uh, you know they may you know the funders of the dealership may have accidentally given us the wrong price or uh, told us that the deal is actually on a slightly different model uh, and when we put it on the website you know we've got to hold our hands up because it is our website and we are completely 100% in charge of what goes on our website um, I mean what I'm trying to say in this section here is uh, we're not Saying to expect mistakes, of the mistakes are just all over the website. But sometimes, you know, it's a company that relies on real people to get the job done, and not just machines, chatbots, and scripts. And actually, we we quite we pride ourselves Mm. uh, as much as possible on the human side of it. Um, But they're just, I suppose, a a, a side casualty of relying on humans. um, I suppose. Uh, But that's there's nothing really to add on that, is there?
1: I would have thought so. No, but as you say, it does happen. Um, a lot of different reasons. I think we recently had a Hyundai Ionic that was uh, it was I think it was one three three x, but which is ridiculously cheap for the all electric version. But it should never have been offered out to people in the first place. I think if a lot of other brokers had that deal on a listing, they would understand. Mm. <laughs> they would kind of ring up a lot of customers and say, "Oh, well, sorry, Hyundai made a mistake." And
0: uh, another one that I haven't written down, but I've just thought about it uh, because we're talking about it is um, we uh, so we use data from. CAP, uh, which powers... Uh, so on our deal page, we'll tell you, like, the miles per gallon, uh, power of the engine, um, uh, practically absolutely everything you can think about the car. Um, but we don't know that um, ourselves. Um, we don't manually type them in. We, we get them through uh, the CAP ha- uh, API. And if one of those figures are incorrect from their side, it will be incorrect on our website. And one of the big problems we get with CAP is... There are a lot of free options you can spec. on A lot
1: of brokers' websites, not just ours, yeah. um, that maybe, like for example, BMW's um, um, the the fancy headlights. Xenon. <laughs> no, they're, they're like high beam assist or something, something like that. Cornering. Anyway, yeah, cornering lights, something like that. They're available for free as long as you get a specific pack. Yeah, which yeah. is two grand.
0: Yeah, and and one of the. Uh, one of the most problematic errors that we get through um, that API actually are um, miles per gallon and um, uh, emissions, uh, especially for people uh, who are leasing the car and they live in London. The emissions one, um, they if a customer uses uh, the the data that we've got on the website as gospel, which we really don't recommend. That we we we've always said throughout the website, you know. This is for a guide only, just to give you an idea of what it's actually like. You you should you know speak to the dealership direct or look at their brochure to get those figures confirmed. But sometimes if there's an error on an emissions, um, someone's taken that information as gospel, gone all the way to actually get it delivered, and then they find out that the emissions is, is just over the the threshold where they need to be charged, mm. naturally they will come back to us and say, you know, you said on your website it's this, and they're this kind of mistakes... Obviously, it's not our mistake, but it's on our website, so it's, you know, it's our responsibility to try and keep it as accurate as possible. It's just one of the downsides to that sort of automation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if if someone's looking at this now and said, well, you know, if those statistics could be wrong, why show them there at all? But, you know, the user experience of looking at our website, if there was no information there whatsoever, it would cause even more of a problem. Because more more or less ninety nine percent of the time those numbers on the deal page are absolutely correct, mm. so it's almost like we've got to accept the one percent error margin to be able to have the ninety nine percent. Yeah, it'd be unrealistic for us to do over sort of ten thousand derivatives of vehicles, yeah. probably
1: even more. Um, you know, manually. Yeah. And possibly we even find out that information. Like, there's so many different variations of engines and everything. Like the emissions can change based on gearbox, tune of engine. Because so half the time, it's like shared engines, but with different horsepower.
0: Yeah. I've got the new A-classes, but like different levels of emissions. So so usually, um, when it's uh, the sales team, the account managers to find out if there's been an error there, because there's no reason for them to get in touch with the marketing team if there's an error there, because they are in touch with an account manager. So usually, as soon as an account manager was called and said, oh, our customers uh, found that we have said that it's got 135 grams of CO2s when they've just spoken to Mercedes and it's actually 120. We will usually run a manual CAP update through our website straight away to see if um, it just needs to be updated. Um, If we don't do it manually, it will update itself, I think, every 30 days anyway. But if we definitely know a a patch is needed, we will manually run it there and then. And then usually if that isn't correct, um, that we actually then pick up the phone, speak to CAP director, let them know the issue. Then that gets through to their um, technical uh, area, and they fix it over there.
1: A lot of the issues come about from old models swapping to new models, so the whole engine lineup changes. Or even more yeah. confusing, if the engine lineup stays the same, but maybe slight difference in mm. them. Um, for example, Volkswagen's 1.6 diesel engine. You know, the, the new model could have completely different em- emissions yeah. to the old one.
0: And you just uh, reminded me there of an issue we had. I can't remember how long ago. Well, actually, well, I don't know exactly, but. Uh, when the new insignia came in, that caused a bit of a headache because um, we oh, we didn't have the information of the new, we, we had half the information of the new insignia, but not the other half. Mm. So, because obviously the website and the gremlins and the machine and stuff like that, uh, for a very brief period of time, we were advertising some statistics based on the old insignia. It was something to do with an option. As parking sensors. Parking sensors. So the new insignia has parking sensors, and the old one. I don't think it did. It didn't. So our website for a very brief period of time was saying that the car didn't have parking sensors. That's it. But in fact, it did, um, and we had to. Um, so customers were like, "Oh, I can't believe that the new insignia doesn't." But it did. And the website didn't have it, and that is one of the one of the headaches that we get, and some of the mistakes that the website has. Um, we fixed it very quickly. But there was a, a brief period of time where we were going back and forth with CAP and say, oh, by the way, your information says this, can you update it to this and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, but the, you know that kind of thing is actually a collaborative effort. If another broker finds out, I'd like to think that they also do what we do and update CAP. So if there are some mistakes that nobody actually spotted over here because they were fixed because another broker um, told CAP about it. Yeah. So we'd like to think that we probably helped everyone out uh, by highlighting some of those errors. I think we're focusing (coughs) too much now on that, so we'll we'll probably move on. But to go back to the point, you know, errors on our website can happen. We are fully aware of it. We hate it, but we do something about it straight away, and we don't do it uh, sort um, of—I don't don't know what the word Um, is—but we don't do it on purpose. If that makes sense. Obviously, Mm. you know, we're very careful, but sometimes a mistake can happen. Uh, But it's unfortunate; it's the customer that has to suffer. Um, So we'd like to apologize uh, on behalf of everyone here. Right, so the next section is we really do some brokering for you. Um, I think I've covered this quite a bit um, in a load of blog posts actually about what leasing is, what do we do, and what even is a broker, Um, but but sometimes we wish that we could hold like open days for prospective customers so they can see where the documentation fee goes. what exactly do we do, you know, to earn our keep? Um, <clears throat> because quite, quite, quite frankly, our work doesn't stop when we put the phone down. And a few people would be working on your file at once, and some of them you will you will never speak to. For example, obviously we've now got a podcast, but before then, we were pretty, we were pretty anonymous in the yeah. company, really. Um, nobody would know how many of us were here, what we sounded like, what we actually did. Um, but now obviously that's changed. But um, a few people work on the file uh, to ensure that everything is hunky dory. Uh, we often have account managers uh, work way after the office is closed, and quite honestly more com- more often than not, they will actually work way past our opening times that advertised on the website. Uh, and a lot of them over the weekend, actually, just you know, just to get that dream car to you as soon as we possibly can. Um, an account manager will go out of their way to find the best deal for you uh, by calling every dealer and finance company. An account manager will research the vehicle on your behalf if you have any questions about options and accessories, for example, the insignia thing. So even though there was a mistake, an account manager dropped everything to find out the definitive, definitive answer. So while uh, us gremlins upstairs fixed the website side, they were making sure that the customers knew what they were going to get. Mm. Um, once the deal has been agreed, and um, uh, uh, you know the, the price has been uh, agreed, and uh, we've found the car, the admin team then makes sure that every document is as it should be, because obviously we are FCA regulated and all that jazz. Uh, and they will chase relentlessly uh, relentlessly, sorry, to ensure that your car is delivered on time. And that job right there, obviously, we've, we have used to be in the same room as admin team for, for quite a while, um, it, yeah, they, they do chase relentlessly. You can tell how much they care about every single customer getting their car delivered on time. And if there isn't, they're extremely transparent about when it is. Um, considering we deal with thousands of customers, and we still believe we offer personalized one-to-one service, and a broker fee is more than justified uh, because of what we offer. We think, and we pride ourselves on every customer has their own account manager. That they can pretty much call and even text um, as often as they as they want. If they're like, "Oh, do you? Oh, I, I know I've asked for a red, but do, is there a blue? Uh, oh, can I have this option? Is this too late and stuff like that? You can ask at any time, and they will pick up the phone and answer to you. Pretty quickly, um, and I think that I think I think that's a, a point that we want to champion a little bit more, and, and give a bit of a voice behind it. Just how much effort every single department works together, you know, to get that deal done. Um, okay, so the next section now is um, to do with pricing again, um, but not quite in the way that we uh, mentioned earlier. So this. I've called here is there is no one set price and this one I've I've wanted to explain somehow on the blog post for a long time Um, and it wasn't really until the podcast came along that I thought yeah I can actually explain it if I was able to to speak rather than type so when we place adverts online social media website whatever we have to come up with a headline price or offer for example um, lease this golf from only £299 a month. This is common practice and it obviously is there to entice people. But once a customer takes a look at the deal and tells us the requirements in terms of the initial payment, how many miles a year they drive, and how many years uh, they will they want it over, a different quote will come up from a headline deal. It won't be the same number. This is non- normally... Uh, this is normal, sorry. But we totally get how we can get misleading. And it's this misleading bit that I want to address because we're not actually being misleading, are we? We're just... Like the price is the price.
1: And it's one of the... I suppose it's a lot of advertising thing, isn't it? Everyone gets a little bit cynical when you see an advert. It's like you're always against them. But, yeah, if the price is from 299, then it is. But it might not be for what your actual needs are. Say 10,000 miles or yeah. 20,000 miles long-distance customers. But there are so many different factors that we have to choose the most consistent one,
0: which is always the starting price. Mm. Um, So I've added all the combinations up and there are 90 different permutations to every single deal. And that is literally every single deal. So you know that £299 a month I've just said there, that's one out of 90. So there's 89 other numbers. Um, That means that there are 90 different monthly prices we can give you. So when we are advertising it, we have to pick one, haven't we? Mm. And, uh, you know, why would we pick the most expensive? Um, you know, we, we've got to say that, you know, this is just, this is how cheap you can get this car. And it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, but the deal configuration shows you 90. If you were to spend ages flicking through every different combination, you'll you'll, you'll see exactly what I'm saying. This is why they, we say that there is no set price. There is only a set price once you've told us all the requirements. Um, so if you say I want this is my initial payment this is how many miles I drive and this is how many years I want it for and yes I do with maintenance there is then only one price mm. um, but before you've told us that there's up to 90 different ways that we can give it to you a
1: lot of the anger we get back from people when I advertise um, people say oh no one does that mileage or yeah it's got a massive big deposit or you know who takes at least over four years it'll be out of warranty by then so many variations and so many different factors yeah. I mean Again, it, it can look a little bit quick baity but the price does exist. Mm. So that, that's kind of the point. Like, it's not quick baity if you can actually get it. Yeah, and the other thing is,
0: um, because obviously we are not the only broker in the country, yeah. um, and like I mentioned earlier, a, a lot of the same brokers have the exact same deals as we we have. So say if competitor number A says it's from £299.99 a month, and we are saying it's 350 then
1: no one's going to... I've seen some competitors advertise up to 60 month rentals. It's yeah. an awful long time. Big, and,
0: yeah, and, and they could do whatever wherever they want, but we've got to stay competitive. And this complicated system makes cars more or less expensive than what you may think or how they appear in adverts, which is why it's always worth using the website as a guide but to get in touch with us over the phone to really drill down what you're after. And by you, I mean the listener customer. Uh, the challenge for us, obviously, is to make sure that our prices are transparent in adverts, which you can see from a large amount of information in the advert text. So, I'm not sure how many people actually do it. If you see one of our adverts on Facebook, for example, there's a click more, read more thing. And then we'll give more examples. Um, if you, it, yeah, we'll give them, if you want no deposit, this is the price. If you want a high dep- higher deposit, this is the price. expat. Yeah. yeah, but we can't just write war and peace on every single deal. That's why the configurator is there. Um, it's a tough job, but I think we're doing quite well. However, what we uh, get from time to time that you touched on just now is uh, people ask, you know, what's the deposit how can i apply uh which never is, but it has led us to suggesting sending in an inquiry out for a quote and some people just don't want that they want the one price and, and i find i'm like oh i can't i, I can't give it to you because but then i'm not going to exactly log on to facebook and reply with this entire blog post because mm. no one's going to no one's going to read it so that's why i wish you know ringers i would would explain um on occasion, we may even get you know that's not the price advertised comment, which is quite difficult comment to respond to without directing them to the deal configurator or without waffling. Uh, but I hope that this section here explains why it's uh, the pricing is complicated. Um, but a calisin deal appears complicated, but it's necessary. So, following directly on from the from the above point, we completely get that a deal looks complicated, and I've just said. Uh, you know, live on air, that we've got ninety different prices per product. Why doesn't if someone's listening to this is why? Well, why not just give ten then? Mm. Um, but it's because, uh, well, for a start, it's not as straightforward as Auto Trader and the manufacturer's own website, which I think makes leasing look more complicated than it actually is. If you're used to shopping on websites like Auto Trader or, you know, for example, Ford's own website, then they will say, "Well, this is the price." End of. And then when you suddenly go to all car leasing, it's like, well, there's ninety prices.
1: Why can't-? Uh, there's extra variables to, to them as well. So depreciation yeah. changes between each year. So if you take it over two yeah. years, it's probably going to appreciate more. Sometimes it's not though. And that's it. So th- like I said, there is no one set price because there are so many factors. Well,
0: Chris, do you want to break down? You know what? How a deal is complicated. Well, how a deal looks like it's complicated.
1: Yeah. So you can pretty much set the initial payment or deposit, whatever you want to call it. So for those who wonder, oh, what's the deposit? And uh, there can't be a clear. oh, the deposit is this. Uh, it's probably a little bit counterproductive to say that, but in reality, leasing does offer more customization. Uh, how many miles a year you drive does matter as well. Uh, it can be as little as 3,000 to 30,000, which can have a huge impact on price, maintenance costs, etc. You can have it for two, three or four years, which sounds simple, but deals can often be cheaper over a certain amount of time. Uh, and it can make a big difference to the maintenance cost as well. Uh, and whether or not the car is out of warranty in the final year, because um, even though you don't own the car, it's still your responsibility. Uh, obviously, maintaining a car is a big part of that. There are also several myths around leasing, which we've covered on our hefty leasing myth section in the blog. Uh, and in episode three of the podcast, So we won't repeat that here. Uh, all of this can make leasing seem a little bit complicated when compared to the used car market or even like HP PCP. But once you sit down and speak with an account manager, it, it gets a little bit simpler uh, and you'll see that the complication is necessary to ensure you get uh, the right deal and everything's arranged properly. Uh, but that's the key point here. A personally tailored deal is something not many other finance types can offer.
0: So that pretty much um, ends uh, this section behind the curtain. And I really hope that we've done a pretty good job of uh, showing what, you know, just how many different moving parts there are behind the website and on the, on the phone and the screen and all the rest of it. Uh, it is probably one of the heftiest podcasts that we've ever done it may end up being one of the longest if we carry on like this especially since we've still got the um, customer question section to come and obviously the hot offers uh, but if anyone's got any questions um, or anything they wonder how does it work and, or, or anything any, they want us to expand on it, yeah. you know, just let us know, send us an email or a comment on, on the Facebook post or whatever but we really hope that you've enjoyed um, us being a little bit more candid Um, you know, transparent about the way things work. Um, And, yeah, so uh, let's move on to the new section, which is, uh, obviously, the listener questions. So our first question comes from Dave from Norwich, who asks, uh, Ronnie, Chris, where are your accents from? Uh, I'll start. Um, I'm I'm from Anglesey in North Wales originally. I live in St. Helens now. Uh, So I suppose my accent is... Welsh, Welsh slash Scouse, slash Yorkshire as well <laughs> from time to time,
1: it's just a Yorkshire dialect enthusiast really aren't you, uh, and Chris, uh, I am from Salford, but I like to say I'm
0: from Manchester, right, so uh, so, uh, so hopefully that answers <laughs> that question, question number two comes from Sean from Derby and he asks what is the best deal that you have ever seen at all Cal Easing, I'll start with that because I know what the answer is straight away, yes I think no, it was from oh I don't know, uh, Scotty Yeti. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Scoda yeti started from uh, ninety nine pound x back, didn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. From a massive car, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it was a, it was an offer that we had on every single Yeti, not just like one particular Yeti. Yeah. And it was like a, it's a, sh- a really shame uh, that they don't make it anymore.
1: One of my favourites was the um, BMW m one forty i Can't yeah. remember if it was a Shadow Edition or not. I'm pretty sure it was just a normal one. And that was like two hundred and twenty quid a month.
0: Yeah, because obviously it's. It, the Yeti, we've had cheaper deals than the Yeti, but it's my favourite because I thought, um, well, the Yeti for a start was was marmite because of the way it looked, but I could not think of a better return on investment oh, yeah, yeah. than the Yeti with what you actually got, especially if it went up to obviously the Laurent Clément trim. Uh, you mentioned the M one forty i. I want to give an honourable mention to the S three deal, mm. which was absolutely bonkers. I can't remember the headline offer. Top of my
1: head. I think it was under 200 quid. I think that was the biggest, yeah.
0: Part. And, and an S3 yeah. as well, which is obviously the absolute cream, cream of the crock. One of the best, I reckon. Yeah, All Right. thank you very much, Sean. Yeah. Uh,
1: Hassan from Cheltenham says, What is the most expensive car you've ever leased? Uh, I take it that means like list price. I think it's a Bentley Continental GT.
0: Uh, top of my head, yeah, I remember it was a, it was a white Continental GT, and actually with a few options on top as well.
1: We've done uh, a BMW i8, so if it's not the GT, then I think it's definitely that. Yeah, oh, or a G Wagon as well. Got
0: it. Well, to be fair, leasing is actually quite popular with like footballers, um, and with us being located quite near where a lot of the footballers live, we do get an awful lot of mm. of Range Rovers going out the door. That IA, the Continental GT. Um, uh, a, a Range Rover SVR as well. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, so it's so like extremely comp- expensive, sort of performancey luxury cars are not. It varies. They don't all go for the same thing, so. No, and they they tend to, to well you know they tend to actually it's factory orders, mm. um uh, which which actually makes sense because obviously if you're gonna uh, least something that expensive you 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 will want it your way. So yeah, uh, so Continental GT then I suppose. Um, yes thanks very much for that question Tracy from St. Ellen's, uh thanks very much Tracy asks have you ever leased to a celebrity and actually the, the people who leased the cars that we've just mentioned most of them were well known people We obviously we can't name names and, and we wouldn't really do that for GDPR reasons mm-hmm. and the fact that they probably don't even want people to know yeah, that they, leased, they'd rather at. people think that they got them through cash <laughs> Uh, But but yeah, um, leasing is actually quite popular with celebrities, Um, and I I probably have to say this off the top of my head, footballers and and ex-footballers are probably the most common type of celebrity we get, would you say? Yeah, I reckon so, if not like company directors, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So so yeah, thanks very much for that question. I think we've only got one question left now. Our final question comes from Mohammed from London, who asks, um, are you going to get any guests on the podcast? And... I have some news. I have recently tweeted Elon Musk (laughs) to see when he is available. He has yet to reply, and as far as I'm concerned, that is not a no. So I think the all-car leasing solicitors would be fine if I said that we may have Elon Musk on the podcast soon. Is that fair, Chris? Don't know. We've not got any uh, drugs to smoke with him, so... Uh, no, other than paracetamol <laughs> and ibuprofen. Um, but actually, that is a good question. Uh, we do actually have plans uh, to to get some guests on the podcast in the future. Uh, when when to be honest with you, when we aren't as busy, um, initial our our ideas were to actually get um, people from uh, dealerships um, around the time where they may be launching like a brand new car to give them an opportunity to. to um, Announce it? No, no, not announce it. But to talk about that car in in a little bit of a detail, Uh, we can ask some questions about what you know, what is it like um, working at a dealership, that type of thing, and maybe to bridge the gap of what it's actually like um, working at a dealership, working you know, versus a broker with with a broker because obviously we we work with the dealerships. Um, So yeah, uh, so we just need to book Elon Musk. Uh, I might tweet Lewis Hamilton as well. But but yeah, we we have plans to get some guests on, um, but nothing concrete yet. But that that is actually a good question. Um, So that is the end of the question and answer section for now. Um, If you want your questions answered on the next podcast, which has an un yet confirmed title, uh, if you can send your questions over by, I think, Tuesday, because we usually record Wednesday, Mm. sort of Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, yeah, just send those questions um, and we'll try and answer them uh, when we can. But now it is the final part of the podcast where Chris goes through the hot offers that we think that you should be looking at right now. Thanks very much for listening. We appreciate that this is possibly uh, the, the longest podcast we've ever done and the executive producer, Ross, does have his hands full with this one. But thanks very much for tuning in and we'll see you next week, probably.
1: Okay, so the best deal on the website this week is the Audi A4 Saloon. That's the brand new facelift model. Um, we've got the 35TDI Black Edition uh, with an automatic gearbox from two hundred and thirty-nine, sorry, two hundred and thirty-five ninety-nine a month. Um, that actually comes with the tech pack now. So you get the virtual cockpit, which everyone always asks for. But I always let like down because a lot of the previous batches we've had are always just uh, standards fixed spec stock. So you, you couldn't have the tech pack on there. Uh, The second car i have got is the A35 AMG, but there is um, only about five of them left in stock. So if you're quick, you can get some of the better rates on them. And that starts from £323 a month. So that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, Be sure to keep an eye out for the next one next week, and we'll see you then.